Alright, over the last few weeks, we've been uh, in a series that's been called Simple Christmas. And we've looked at some different aspects of Christmas in dealing with generosity, dealing with rest, dealing with worship. And today we're going to talk for just a couple of moments about the aroma or the fragrance of Christmas. And so I want you to think for just a moment, what is your favorite Christmas smell? What is the thing that when, when you experience that at Christmas, it brings back a flood of memories? Pine. Yeah, that, that's for us as well, because we, we come from the mountains of Colorado, and so smelling the pine and the snow on the pine is just really brings back a lot of sweet memories. What's another one? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. It's an incredible scent. Any, any others that come to mind? Sugar. sugar. You can never go wrong with sugar. Yes. <laughs> that is good. And if you're here, in, if, if you're um, from the Czech Republic, the, the scents that come often happen to, um, are connected with all those different cookies that you make, you know, the 10 or 12 different kinds of cookies that are part of that celebration. And for each of us, the holidays, uh, the Christmas season is filled with different senses. There are sounds of Christmas, there are sights, we, the decorations, and there are the smells of Christmas. And for some, those bring back the most powerful memories. Well, I was thinking this, this week in particular about what the first Christmas would have smelled like. And all those things we mentioned weren't there. Uh, I don't think it smelled like cinnamon or sugar or Christmas cookies baking. It was much more earthy, much more common, much more simple. In fact, this, this week we were, we were reminded that the aroma of Christmas was actually much more powerful than the things that that we like to think about. It was a scent or an aroma of love and grace. When it was particularly cold earlier in the week, we had some guests in our home that spent the night. There, um, some folks that live on our square. They're homeless, and um, we, we've gotten to know them fairly well for um, as poor as our check is. And uh, they're just gentlemen. And um, they've gone through some difficult circumstances. They've made some bad choices, and they've also had bad things happen to them. But they're respectful, and they're kind, and they were cold. And when they came into our, to our home, it was a joy to be able to have them and have a meal with them. And, and they were so refreshed to be able to get a shower and a good night's sleep. But with that came an aroma as they came in. And it reminded me that because of the life that they have, perhaps they smelled much more like the first Christmas than most of the scents that we experience. They would have been much closer to maybe the scent and the aroma of the shepherds as they came to see what the angel had told them about, to see this wonderful miracle of Jesus come to earth. You see, actually, the first Christmas story is filled with fragrances. It is filled with aromas, but they are all far more powerful than the traditions that we have because it is filled with the fragrance of love and of grace. We heard the first part of the Christmas story, but I want to read to you about the gifts of the Magi for just a moment out of Matthew chapter 2, 
verses 10 and 11. This is the story of the Magi coming and bringing their gifts. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Two of the three gifts were fragrances. They were aromas. And each of the gifts was incredibly significant. The gold was given to represent Jesus' royal birth, that he was coming as king of kings, as the king of the Jews, but more importantly, the king over everything. It represented his sovereignty. It was the perfect gift to give to a king, for it represented his power, his purity, his position. The gold was given because Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. But the gift given by the wise men also represented their response to Jesus. Because you see, the verse says that they came and fell down and worshiped. And the gifts that they gave were simply an expression of how they were magnifying the Lord, how they were worshiping him. In their praise, they not only gave the adoration of their lips, but they gave of the substance and the resources that they had to honor Jesus as king. And it represents them submitting them li- their lives, surrendering themselves to his lordship. You see, when we recognize that everything that we have ultimately comes from the Lord and belongs to him, when we give back to him, it is simply an expression of saying, Lord, all that I have, all that I will ever be, all that I will ever do is a gift from you. And with joy, I give back to you that your name may be magnified. So the gift of gold was a significant one representing his sovereignty. But the second gift is the gift of frankincense. Now, frankincense is a little less common today, but in Jesus' day, it was incredibly important because frankincense was um, an incense that was used in worship. It would be offered continually before the Holy of Holies in the temple and in the tabernacle. And there are, there are actually recipes in the scripture about how the incense would be made. But frankincense itself was a key component that was given, and it was the right gift to give to a priest. The gold represented Jesus as king, but the frankincense represented Jesus as our priest, the one who could make intercession between us in our sinful humanity and the holy righteousness of God. Now, I would have loved to have burned frankincense here today, but in respect to um, the owners of the property, I chose not to do that. But if you get a chance to do it, it is a wonderful smell. In fact, I was, I was burning it um, yesterday morning, and, and the thing that's so amazing about frankincense is that it goes with you. It, it, it not only stays where you burned it, it stays inside of you. And, and it was really sweet because last night when we were doing the caroling, you know, we're out on, on Vaklaska Namaste, and there's, you know, the fresh air, and all I'm smelling is frankincense. It was awesome. It was, it was really cool. It, was, it helped me worship, to tell you the truth. 
And, and it was a beautiful thing. But you see, the frankincense was offered alongside of the offerings, the burnt offerings. And if you think about that for a moment, a burnt offering where, where an animal was sacrificed as it was in the Old Testament would not really smell sweet. But the Lord in his word says that it is a fragrant aroma that is pleasing to him, not because of what is happening, but because of the heart that is behind it. Because there is a recognition that we need to be cleansed and forgiven of our sin. We needed a mediator who would offer himself as Jesus Christ did to take our sin. And when we receive Jesus Christ, when we trust him as our Savior and as our Lord, there is an offering that goes up to the Lord that is pleasing in his, in his nostrils, in his presence, that is very, very sweet. The third gift that was given was the gift of myrrh. And myrrh is also a wonderful fragrance, and it is one that is incredibly important, but it is most connected, not with incense that goes up, but actually with the sacrifice of death. You see, it was myrrh that was used to anoint Jesus' body when he died. The myrrh was representing his substitutionary atonement, his taking the place and the death that you and I deserved. As we heard in our Advent reading, while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. He offered his body, his life up as a beautiful sacrifice for you and for me. Those were the aromas of the first Christmas. But the scripture goes on to tell us about another aroma, the aroma that I want to encourage you to become and to pursue with all that you are. You see, when we share the fragrance of Christ with others, we become a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus gave himself as an aroma that would be pleasing to the Lord. And now we are invited to do the same thing. In fact, this picture goes on in, in 2 Corinthians, and it says this, but thanks be to God, whom in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession uh, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. That's what you and I are to do. In fact, that's our assignment, not just at Christmas, but all year long, to be the aroma and fragrance of Christ everywhere we go, to touch hearts and lives in practical ways, in meaningful ways. He says in verse 15, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, a fragrance from death to death, and to the other, a fragrance from life to life. You and I, our lives, the best way that we can give back to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you an offering of myself is to choose to become an aroma like Jesus Christ, to love others sacrificially as he has loved us. And so what I want to encourage us to do 
as we've done this whole Christmas season, is to be intentional about being an aroma of Christ to others. Now, now that takes place in all different kinds of ways. There are people in your life, in your relationships, in your circles that need to have the presence and love and aroma of Christ be poured out into them through you and through me. And you can do that by listening to their stories, by praying with them, by encouraging them, by looking for needs that you can meet. There are also strangers throughout our city that are in need. And we've, we've done some very practical things this Christmas season, and I want to encourage you to continue that. For, for one, uh, I, <laughs> we went to Starbucks the other day, and, um, and there was like a message, it was like a, a banner that just flashed out at me, because this was the, the, the last and only, whatever these things are, cup holders thing. It says, give good. And I thought, wow, well, that is what we want to do. We want to give good to others, not necessarily in Starbucks, but we want to give good, the good of Christ to others so that they may know him. And so in the foyer, over the last couple weeks, we've had some of these uh, certificates for a night in the shelter for homeless. And there's 80 more out there. I want to encourage you to take those. And over the next week or a couple of weeks, especially when it's cold, look for someone to give it to. It gives them a warm night. Um, in a bed, it gives them a shower, it gives them a meal, and it can be a blessing to them. I also want to encourage you with some really practical ways. Uh, also, this Christmas, you know, in some of our traditions, we have Christmas stockings. The best Christmas stockings that you could give would be to give someone who is homeless some new socks. You may not know this, but the most needed and least donated of all practical things for the homeless is socks. And so out in the foyer are about 150 pairs of socks that I want you to take with you and find someone to give them to. You know, if you need socks, you're welcome to them, okay? You go for it with great blessing. But if you see someone else that is there, would you share the aroma of Christ with them? Tell them that the Lord loves them and bless them in a practical way put our love into action because you see that's the only thing that will truly speak into hearts and lives is if we take the love that we claim to have for others and live it out and I want to encourage us as a church to become more creative and more involved in touching the lives of those around us and so I want to encourage you to dream how can we show the love of Christ in a way that is a pleasing aroma to God in a way that draws them to the life and love of our Savior. So would you do that? Would you, this Christmas, be intentional about sharing and giving with others? You know, there's all kinds of things you can give, especially to the homeless. There are things that they need, little things like flashlights or toothbrush, little gifts that you can give that can make an impact in their life. But God is inviting us, not just with the homeless, but with people in every area of our social circles to become an aroma of Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, would you open our eyes, first and foremost, to remember what you have done for us in Christ Jesus. Then, Lord, would you enable us to worship you with all that we are, to give back of what you have given to us, 
And then, Lord, to go out and serve as you have served us. Not in the same way because you are the only mediator. You're the only one that could give us a right relationship with God. But you have called us to share your love with others. Father, we pray right now for those within our world who are, who are hurting. I think of um, the many peoples there in, in Iran and along the Iraq border there where the earthquake is still continuing to have tremors. And, and uh, many have died and many more are homeless. They're without shelter. Lord, we ask that you would raise up believers and raise up others, Lord, to, to be your hands and feet to touch lives. Lord, in our own world, in our own um, circles, would you open our eyes to see those around us that you are calling us to touch their life with your presence, with the aroma of Christ. Lord, help us to be creative and intentional about loving others because it is an expression of worship to you. You have said that by this, by our love for one another, all people will know that we are your followers. So Lord, help us to love well and obediently. We worship you, Lord, and thank you for the incredible gift of your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.